Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. and glorify you, God. I pray that hearts would be open to receive and that tonight is a night where peace and joy would be restored and each one of us would walk out of here transformed, ready to live out the purpose and calling that you have on our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. Made me cry during the prophetic words. Pastor Jake, so beautiful. But, um, all right, well, I want to start off with a question. You know, have you ever felt overlooked, maybe out of place or like you didn't belong, right? I know I have. Most of us at some point or another, we've experienced this. And I want to take us into a passage. We're going to go into Luke chapter 15, verses 11 to 32. It's the parable of the prodigal son. And there's a a person in this particular story that they faced some where they felt overlooked. And I want to take us there and see what we can learn from them. So I'm going to paraphrase the beginning of the story. I know you guys are familiar with it. It's a really popular story. And then I'm going to jump in at verse 25. So there was a father, right? And he had two sons. And the younger son says, hey, dad, you know what? I've lived here my whole life, but I want to go out into the world. I want to go experience life, right? And so his dad, he says, okay. And he gives him his early inheritance. And he goes out, and in the ESV version, it says he squanders his wealth on reckless and wild living, right? He spends all of his money, and he, he, a famine comes, and he realizes he made a mistake. He realizes he wants to go back to the Father, ask for forgiveness, and he's ready to do life the right way. What you may not have remembered from the story is that there's an older brother. Remember, I said there was two brothers. Well, it picks up in verse 25. Sorry, before that, um, the father, as you know, when, when, he, when he sees the son, the younger son, coming back, he is overjoyed. He is filled with compassion. He tells his servants, get the best robe, get the best food, prepare a feast for my son has come home, right? He is so happy. And then it picks up in verse 25, and it's talking about the older son. Now his older son was in the field, and he, as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing. And he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to him, your brother has come, and your father has killed the fattened calf, because he has received him safe and sound. But he was angry, and he refused to go in. His father came out and entreated him, but he answered his father, look. These many years I have served you. I've done everything that you commanded. I never disobeyed you, yet you never gave me a young goat that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours who came, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fattened calf for him? And he said to him, son, you are always with me, and all that I, is mine is yours. It was fitting to be celebrate and be glad, for this brother was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found." So what stands out to me in this passage is the older brother. I can imagine that this older brother, he was hardworking. He was loyal. He did everything his father asked, and he did it with excellence. But when he, when he responded in anger and offense, it indicates to me that he carried a wound of rejection on his heart. I mean, someone doesn't get this angry about a party, right? I know I like a good barbecue. 
pulled pork, tri-tip, corn on the cob, like, come on. <laughs> I bet this wasn't the first time he was hurt. It must have been years, maybe even his entire life, of amening the lies that he would never be enough, that he would always be unloved, that he would always be overlooked. So when his father celebrated his younger brother's return, I imagine he was thinking, yep, everyone celebrated but me. I'm just overlooked again. Nothing I do will ever be enough. You know, up until a few years ago, I was a lot like this older brother. I remember years ago, before Jake and I had kids, when we were first married, we both had a few extra days off work, so we were like, let's go take a road trip. Let's, let's do that. That'll be fun. Anybody like road trips? Yeah. Well, I would highly recommend this one. We went up the coast. We went, you know, to the beach in Santa Barbara. We went to San Luis Obispo. There's, like, elk on the way. There's elephant seals. And we went wine tasting through Paso Robles, all the way up to Monterey, where we had some of the best nachos. <laughs> At a restaurant called Monter Taste of Monterey. <laughs> Just checking to see who was here Sunday. <laughs> um, <laughs> It was beautiful. We were driving along, having the best time, and then all of a sudden I get this thought. Wait a minute, Jake hasn't said a word to me in like an hour, maybe even like two hours. Does he think I'm boring? Does he even wanna be here with me? I know, he probably wishes it was Sunday after church. I can never get him to leave. He just wants to talk to everybody. The thoughts kept spiraling out of control until finally, I couldn't take it anymore. And I slammed on the dashboard and said, really, really, you don't have anything to say to me. <laughs> he didn't know what the heck was happening. <laughs> he thought we were having the time of our lives, holding hands, listening to Eric Church's new album, The Outsiders, on repeat. <laughs> Country fans, woo-woo. <laughs> um, you know, he thought we were closer than ever. And I tell you all of this as an example that when we carry a wound of rejection on our hearts, it creates an unhealthy filter over our minds. It distorts reality. In a moment, I went from having one of the most epic newlywed vacations to questioning my value, to wondering if we would ever go on a road trip again. <laughs> yeah. It was like my default settings had been adjusted and so my initial reaction to things, like when Jake didn't talk to me the way I thought he should have, or when I walked through the lobby and someone who I thought I knew or was my friend didn't say hi, or when I texted or called someone and they didn't return my call, my initial reaction would be, what's wrong with me? Why doesn't anybody care? Am I not important? Am I not valued? I had no idea that every time I responded this way, I was amening the lie that I was rejected. I had no idea that I could be free from this filter, that we actually get to make a decision whether we adjust our default settings back. So instead of going to um, anger, instead of going to per taking everything personally, instead of being defensive about everything, we could actually live our lives in joy, in peace, living out the calling that God has on our lives. So when we live with a wound of rejection, it impacts us in so many ways. Like I said, it impacts our thoughts, it impacts our speech, it impacts the decisions we make, how we live our lives. It can even hinder our ability to hear from God. But I thank God I'm not like that anymore. I'm so grateful 
that we serve a God who forgives, who redeems, who restores, and for a discipleship church who doesn't leave us where we're at, but helps us walk through to freedom. So tonight, I'm going to share with you the steps that I took to overcome rejection. You guys, I am not the same person I was before, and it is so beautiful. So my prayer leading up to tonight is that anybody who resonates with my story, anybody who feels like the older brother in the parable, that you would make a decision tonight, that you're not going to live with that filter anymore, but that you're going to walk out of here with peace, with joy, ready to fulfill the purpose and calling that God has for you. So the title of my message is From Rejected to Redeemed. So my first point is to evaluate. Like I said before, I didn't realize that I was wounded. I didn't realize that I had rejection in me. I thought the, you know, the thoughts that I had that I was different from everyone else, that nobody understood me, that nobody cared, I didn't realize they were just thoughts. They had become so normal. Like I had these as long as I can remember. So I just thought, this is just who I am. This is just how life is gonna be. I just have to deal with it. But when I would sit under teaching like this, the rejection would speak. And it would say, you're not rejected. You don't have insecurities. If you admit to being rejected and being insecure, that would mean you're a failure. Are you willing to be a failure? Isn't that your biggest fear? You're, you have a great husband. You have an amazing husband. You have great kids. You've bought the house. You have the job, the car. You're happy. Right? So I would stay. I would stay with the filter. I would stay under the bondage. I would stay where I was at. I wouldn't step out. <laughs> However, if I was, you know, so I didn't realize I was living this. I thought I had a good life. But if I was really honest with myself, I wasn't living with the fruits of the Spirit complete in my life. I wasn't living with complete peace. I wasn't living with complete joy. I wasn't living fulfilled. I remember when, you know, the people around me would be celebrated, when they would be complimented. I wanted so bad to be happy for them, but I couldn't help the thoughts that would just say, you know, why not me? Will I ever be chosen? Will I ever be enough? And I didn't realize. And then, you know, I would kind of get over it. I would move on and say, okay, it's fine. I'm good. You know, I'm, I'm happy. I'll just move on with my life. But I didn't realize that every time I came into agreement, every time I entertained those thoughts, pain was building up in my heart. So I want to ask you, what kind of fruit are you producing? You know, oftentimes when people have pain in their heart, they turn to other things, right? Without even realizing it, they turn to alcohol, they turn to drugs, they turn to busyness. I turned to performance and achievements. I thought, if I can just be the best at everything within my control, if I can be the best student, the best employee, the best wife, then I'll be wanted, then I'll be accepted. But the truth is that no amount of accomplishments will fulfill without the right heart. You see, success and achievements, they're not wrong. It's good to have fruit in our lives, but they had become my identity. And so when I did well, when I got the awards, when I met my goals, when I was chosen, when I was approved by others, I felt great. I felt amazing. But when I didn't perform, when I didn't meet the expectations I set for myself, it would take such a toll. I remember having this inner critic that would just 
torment me at night, like when I try to go to sleep. Like, how could you say that? What are people going to think? When are you going to get it right? Why haven't you figured it out by now? But how many of you know that's what the enemy wants? In John 10.10, it says the thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I come that they may have life and live it abundantly. So, of course, the enemy is going to do whatever it takes to keep you quiet, to keep you distracted, to keep you limited, to keep you in bondage. He's afraid that when you realize you can break free, that you're going to be living out your purpose, living out your calling, making disciples, taking dominion, right? I look back and think, why did it take me so long to get free and, I, and live this life abundantly? But I honestly think it was because I didn't know I was wounded. Which brings me to my second point, which is identify. In Proverbs 23, 7, it says, For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. What we think about ourselves matters. What we think about ourselves is who we become. Who do you think you are? I remember I used to love Enneagrams. Has anybody taken an Enneagram test? Yeah, so for those of you who don't know, you can take an Enneagram test. It's a personality test. It has a bunch of questions, and at the end, it tells you which personality type most suits you. And so when I would take the test, it would say I was a number one, a reformer or a perfectionist, and a number three, which is the achiever, and I loved it. I remember talking to Jake, and he would, he would say, no, that's, that puts you in a box, that, that, that defines you. And I was like, no, but I love it. It says right here that the description of a one and a three, I picked out some of a few parts. It says they always strive to improve, but afraid of making a mistake. They try to maintain um, a high standard, but can slip into being critical. They are diplomatic and poised, but can be overly um, consumed with image and what people think. So I say, see, it says right here. This is who I am. It says on the internet. (laughs) Now, where do you get your value? Do you get it from what other people say about you? Do you get it from your circumstances? Do you get it from the approval of others, from your achievements, from how your kids behave, from whether or not you're able to make people happy? You know, these things outside of ourselves, they don't define us. If our identity is rooted in these things, when things go really well, it leads to pride. And when things do not go well, it leads to shame. Neither are the identity that God wants us to live with. So we must align our identity with God's word. So who does God say that you are? Well, they're going to throw up some scriptures behind me, and I'm going to just mention a few. John 1.12 says, you are God's child. Galatians 5.13 says, you were called to be free. Philippians 1.6 says, be confident that God will complete the good work he started in you. Romans 8.37, you are more than conquerors. John 15.16, you have been chosen and appointed to bear fruit. You are accepted. You are significant. You are chosen. You cannot be defeated. Nothing can separate you from God's love. So I want to encourage you. You know, if you haven't started the Bible in a year, start that. Dive into God's word. If you want these verses afterwards, our ministry team will be up here and they can get them to you. 
You see, we will all be rejected at one point or another. But when our identity is in Christ, we respond with the fruits of the Spirit. Because what happens to us isn't a reflection of who we are. In the parable, the older son felt rejected, but he wasn't rejected. In, Proverbs, or in Luke 15, 31, it said, Son, you are always with me, and everything I have is yours. It was that unhealthy filter that told him he was rejected. The father, on the other hand, remember the younger son? The wrong younger son that said, Peace out, Dad. I'm going to go live my life my way. He was rejected, yet... When the son returned, he responded with compassion. He responded with joy. He responded with celebration, right? He couldn't wait. He couldn't contain his joy for how excited he was that the son came home. Which brings me to my last point, which is release. You might be thinking, okay, that's great. Um, You know, I know the Bible. I know God says all these things about me. I know I need to get my identity in him. But how do I get the inner critic to stop? How do I get myself to stop comparing to everybody? How do I get rid of the filter? Well, I remember, like, crying out and just thinking, God, maybe if I pray more, maybe if I read my Bible more, then this inner critic will go away. Then I won't be so hard on myself. But the truth is, we can't perform our way into an identity or out of rejection. We have to have a revelation of who God is. (laughs) One day, I decided enough is enough. I'm done feeling like a failure when other people are celebrated. I'm done comparing myself to everyone. I'm feeling like I'll never be enough. I made a decision to give God access to all the areas of my heart. I asked God to help for him to heal the wounds. I said, God, I'm in pain. I don't want to be angry anymore. (laughs) Thank you. You know, I don't want to be resentful. I don't want my joy to be wasted, right? I asked him to heal the wounds. I repented for holding on to the pain. And then I got a revelation of who I was in Christ. The weight of having to achieve and perform was lifted because they no longer defined me. I didn't have to prove myself anymore. The thing is, is when we carry rejection, all of our focus is on ourselves. It's all about what do people think of me? What am I getting out of this? Where's my breakthrough? What's in it for me? But when we get our identity in Christ, our heart reflects his heart. We are able. Thank you. We are able to live out what it says in Galatians 5.14. The whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. We get to use our freedom to serve one another. I found that when I had this revelation, when my identity was in Christ, I wanted to serve. I wanted to encourage. I wanted to come alongside people and rejoice in their, their victories. I wanted to go to Connect Group and to church, not for what I was getting out of it, but for who I could encourage, who I could be a vessel, you know, for God. 
and celebrate with. This is how we experience true relationship, not only with God, but with others. You know, believing what, what God said about me didn't happen overnight. It was a process. But once you recognize the filter, it's so much easier to see the thoughts. When the thoughts come in, you know, yeah, the thoughts, you know, to this day, sometimes a comparison thought will come up. But I remind myself of Jeremiah 1.5, that I was created, God created, he knew me before I was even born, that I have a unique purpose and assignment on my life. You can recognize the thought and you can say, not today, devil, sorry, <laughs> not going to happen, not going to listen to that, not going to accept that. In summary, to transform your life from rejected to redeemed, first evaluate your fruit. Are you living with the spiritual fruits? Two, learn who God says you are. You know, where do you get your value? And three, release the old filters and allow God to come in and renew you. You can make that decision tonight to let go of the old filter. So uh, please stand with me as I come to a close. You know, it is up to each one of us to take accountability and make that decision. Are you going to keep living with rejection because it's, it's comfortable, it's what you're used to? Or are you going to make that decision and choose freedom? So first, I want to pray over everybody. And then I'm going to ask those of you who want to respond. I'm going to walk you through a prayer if you're ready to get rid of that filter. So if you could just bow your heads. Heavenly Father, I thank you for every person in this place tonight, God. I thank you for the fruits of the Spirit overflowing in each one of us. I thank you that you have a unique assignment and gifting on each one of us. And I thank you that as we draw near to you, you draw near to us, that you're downloading wisdom, you're downloading visions, you're downloading the, what you would have us, how you would have us live our lives, that you're using each one of us to be contagious Christians, to bless those around us, to encourage those around us, to serve in your name. And so now I want to give you a chance to respond. If you want to make that decision tonight, maybe you have been, you're looking at your spiritual fruit and you're not living with complete peace. You're not living with complete joy in your heart or kindness, patience. And you're like, no, I, I can do more. I want to do more. I want God to fill me up. Maybe you've been getting your value outside of yourself. Maybe you've been looking to the things outside of yourself to define you, but you want to make that decision today that you're going to root your identity in Christ. Or maybe you've been living with pain in your heart. Maybe it's from rejection. Maybe it's from shame. Maybe fear. But if you have pain in your heart and tonight you want to make a decision that you're, not, you're going to give that pain over to God, you're going to get rid of the unhealthy filter, and you're going to believe you are who God says you are, I just want you to put your hand over your heart or raise your hand so I know who I'm praying with. And just repeat these words after me. Father in heaven, I come to you in Jesus' name. I open my heart to you. I am in pain. I repent for controlling the pain. I ask you to heal me. I repent for harboring bitterness. I forgive those who have hurt me. I release them and I bless them. I come out of agreement with every tormenting spirit. I claim freedom 
In Jesus' name, amen. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.